So, uh, welcome once again to uh, Bear Scat. Uh, I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And uh, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about uh, Bears football. We're going to talk, of course, about the debacle that Matt Nagy referred to as a football game. And uh, we're going to, you know, give you a little bit of assessment on that. And we'll just go ahead and jump right in. Um, Jim has been just chomping at the bit to talk to talk about this. Yeah, it's one of those games where, and we talked about this a bit before the podcast, but when you and I talk about the Bears, we, I think, gravitate towards the bigger picture issues more naturally. Because yeah. I think in general that ends up being more interesting than the game-to-game stuff. But this is just one where I think we just need to actually take some time and talk about just how egregious that game plan was. And I also really just want to spend Horrible. some time deconstructing a couple of the ridiculous pieces of commentary that I heard this week in order to defend Matt Nagy. But yeah, I mean, it, it was horrible, just all, all around. Sure. Um, I think, uh, actually, you know, it, it's it's good to start with Nagy, but while the entire universe, and including myself to a certain extent, um, we're all pointing the finger at him, obviously it's not just him. Um, this kind of debacle has been coming for years, for many seasons, because Ryan Pace has not been stocking the cupboard, as, as Parcells used to put it. Well, and maybe before we even get into that, because I know we spent a lot of time last week talking about how excited we were to see Justin Fields, I, I, I think it makes sense to just say right off the bat, Fields was bad on Sunday. Absolutely. He, he held onto the ball too long. He missed some open receivers. In general, it just was not a good game. Well, he was a 22-year-old kid. Exactly. It was a rookie start, and just because of how how obviously he was held, hung out to dry by the coaching staff, I don't know that you can evaluate that performance. I don't even know that it's fair to. No, I don't. I don't. I don't think so either. Um, I feel like uh, the kid uh, all week actually was kind of the, uh, you know, it was like, oh, okay, so let's look at this. Let's break this down. Let's uh, do an assessment here. And I'm like, that's BS. You can't do an assessment A on his first game and B when so much of the rest of the team played so poorly. And, and, and just never in my wildest dreams could I have imagined that going into Cleveland against that pass rush, the Bears would have kept Justin Fields in the pocket for almost every play and also had five-man blocking schemes for the majority of the game. That they- was that one was that part of it just it it's it's been a bug in my head all week. How do you put one of the best young pass rushers in the game one on one with a fat old sack of potatoes who was literally on the couch two weeks ago. You know, I, I just just looking at the physique of the two, it's like how does how does anybody equate those? Yeah, it's and I, I don't even want to be too hard on Jason Peters. He was not good, but one-on-one with Miles Garrett is not a fair matchup for most left tackles, let alone a 39-year-old guy that was on the couch a couple of weeks ago. And the Bears left Peters out on an island time and time again, and that's how Miles Garrett ended up with four and a half sacks. I mean, I just cannot believe that the Bears sat around all week 
thought about the best way to deploy just or Justin Fields, and that was the game plan they came up with. We'll get into it a little bit more, but I I heard an interview with Ryan Pace. Actually, I think this got replayed on the score. But before the game, every week he meets with Jeff Joniak and just does a short interview. Love and, the Joniak. Yeah, and, and Pace made some comment about how he felt that Nagy was going to put together a game plan that would showcase the strengths of Justin Fields. And he did the exact opposite. It was just <laughs> horrible to watch. And I've kind of gone through the, the spectrum of emotions this week because watching the game, I was frustrated. And then Monday, Tuesday, I was pissed. And now I've kind of just gotten to the point where I don't think I can even really trust Matt Nagy to put together a development plan for Justin Fields. And where does that even leave us for the rest of the season? I don't know, and I am completely on board with you. We're on the same wavelength. Um, Yes, number one, no, I don't put that all on Peters. They just told Peters to do his job, right? Well, they're the ones that know he's 39 years old. They're the ones that know he didn't have a team two weeks ago. They're the ones that know what his physical condition is. Juan Castillo is supposed to prep him. Nagy's supposed to prep him. The offense as a whole is supposed to prep him. You know, what every every Bears fan, I'm pretty sure, was saying, you know, uh, a friend was pointing out the other day, my, my buddy Matt, he says, you know, this is the most chipped player. Garrett was the most chipped player in the NFL up to this point. And you you leave you leave a, a tackle that is obviously over his head, um, who is an All Pro, could even be a Hall of Fame player, but you leave him just out on an island by himself. Not to mention where where was Max protect the entire game? You know, I mean. That's the part, is he doesn't do any max protect, but at the same time, he keeps Fields in the pocket the entire time. And everybody knows that Fields can play out of the pocket. It's it's as you were just alluding to, nothing makes sense. The world is upside down. Bizarre world. Yeah, and last week I think I made a comment to the effect of, I cannot imagine a scenario where I am gonna go into next week saying they should go. Cats back and to dogs Andy living Dalton. together, and and I I, I, I yeah. and honestly, they, Matt Nagy found the scenario where I think it might just be better to go back to Andy Dalton, not because the offensive line is bad, but because he obviously just didn't have any interest in protecting the kid. He hung him out to dry all game long. He took he he let him get sacked nine times in an NFL game. <laughs> it's crazy, and as soon as you said, as soon as you mentioned Andy Dalton, in my head I, I heard, put him in charge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or go to Nick Foles. I mean, Jesus, if that's the game plan, let somebody else stand back there and get killed. But what's so frustrating is that didn't need to be the game plan. You could have done so many more things to. A, protect the kid that you have said is supposed to be your franchise quarterback, but B, also give you more of a chance to win the game. And, and, and you know, um, in the same vein is, okay, so Nagy's whole thing up to now has been uh, talking about how ill-prepared uh, the rookie was, how they're doing this so he can sit down for the season. Okay, so... Let's let's do a little uh, fantasy land here. Let's put Dalton in there. What he would have fared better on Sunday? 
I don't think so, considering he has no, almost no running ability whatsoever. Well, and one of the things that I heard from a lot of analysts this week was that, well, that just goes to show you that Justin Fields wasn't prepared. And to me, if that's actually true, if that if that game on Sunday was because Fields was that was just completely unprepared, that to me is an even bigger indictment on the coaching staff because if he was that unready to execute an NFL game plan, why is he starting? Exactly. If Dalton's hurt and Fields is that, that fresh and just isn't ready to go, then you stand up there and you take the bullets and you start Nick Foles. What have you been showing him up until this point, you know? Uh, Nagy makes sure to say uh, at press conference, Oh, the whole book is open for him, right? And it's like, if that was the case, that's what the whole book is? is was that the whole thing? Why is the whole book open for a rookie quarterback <laughs> starting his first game on the road against maybe the best pass rush in the NFL? Simplify the game plan. It goes back to what we were talking about last week and putting players in a position to succeed. There is no way that... Matt Nagy can objectively sit down, look in the mirror, and think that his game plan put Justin Fields in the best case, in the best position to succeed against the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Agreed. I don't know. Um, even while the game was going uh, at you know at halftime, where was just some simple adjustments, right? Okay, guys, um, we're actually not we're not down too bad at this point. We're actually hanging tough. Our defensive line has really shown us some life, given us some grit. Let's not change anything. <laughs> uh, kind of on that theme, can I, can I go into one of the plays that just really pissed me off? And I think that this play just perfectly captures everything that's wrong with the Bears' offensive coaching staff. It was the last play of the game that the Bears ran on offense. And it was actually the play that Justin Fields ended up hurting his hand. And just to set the scene on this, at this point in the game, the Bears are down 20 there's three minutes left in the game. The Bears are on fourth and ten, and they're on their own side of the field. So oh. for all intents and purposes at that point, the game is over. And Matt Nagy draws up this play that has Justin Fields in the shotgun. He's got David Montgomery standing to his left. He's got three receivers out, and he's got Cole Komet lined up on the right side of the line helping a Fetty. Now, so, so Montgomery could potentially have been a pass blocker, but Montgomery runs a route, so he doesn't stay in pass pro. So Fields takes the snap, and again, he's in the shotgun. So he gets the ball five yards behind the line of scrimmage, and immediately upon catching it, he takes five more steps back. So at the <laughs> completion of that drop, he's 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage at that point. And the problem with this is that to your point earlier, Miles Garrett's lined up one-on-one with Jason Peters. And Garrett's actually lined up wide, so Garrett's inside shoulder is outside of Peters' outside shoulder. So what that allows Garrett to do, if he just has to get to that spot 10 yards behind the line, he can basically just run straight ahead and put his head down. And Peters, because he has to line up in his gap in order to engage Garrett, has to kick towards the sidelines. So Garrett's going full speed north-south. Peters is kind of going east-west, and right. that's just not a fair matchup for any left tackle, let alone Jason Peters. And, yeah. and, and sure enough, as Fields completes that drop, Garrett's already there waiting for him, basically. <laughs> and, and to Fields' credit, he made Garrett miss. He actually 
he actually got out of that, but by that time, the protection had broken down elsewhere, and Clowney actually came in and got the sack. Yeah, it, it was... I mean, you're right. That is a, a that is a good betrayal. Um, but all day, uh, you know, there was multiple people in the backfield. I was joking the other yes. day that you know they were in the backfield as much as David Montgomery was. You know, so um, which, by the way, uh, evaporated. Uh, no, David Montgomery passed the first, basically the first quarter, right? Yeah, and and, and what I found so. So frustrating about that play that I just broke down, and this is going back to adjustments. At that point of the game, the game had been going on for 57 minutes. The Bears had run over 40 plays, and Matt Nagy had an ability to watch all that football, to take in all that information, and he thought that the best play to run in that situation was a (laughs) 10-yard quarterback drop with Miles Garrett lined up on Justin Peters. Like, that is just a inability to even be watching the same game as everybody else. And, well, and it, my first my, my first question was, why was Fields even out there at that point? It, it's negligence with the health of your quarterback at it, that point. It's like, uh, Matt, if you haven't figured this out yet, he's more valuable than you, okay? He is the most valuable component to the Chicago Bears in this in this time period, right now, we are depending our entire future on this kid. And he is the only thing that's really bringing any excitement to it. So it, you, put, you leave your major asset out there after he's gotten his ass kicked all day, and now it's in a meaningless game, and you still got him out there? What is that? Yeah, and to me, if you're... Ryan Pace, or if you're George McCaskey even, I don't know if George is even awake during these games anymore, (laughs) but how do you allow Matt Nagy to coach another game? Yes, really, I mean, it was just like, it was an utter failure on every level as far as a coach goes. I mean, even even if it would have been peewee football, that would have been an utter failure. You know, I just, that's the thing is, I have felt... Um, since Nagy came on board, I have been uh, personally of the, of the mindset that we should try and um, put a little bit of kid gloves on for Nagy, give him a little space, let him learn, let him grow. But when you after that game, I was just nothing but furious. I was just like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? What is this? It almost seemed like he had it out for the kid. Which, uh, you know, the fact, I know that I'm not the only person that felt that way. No, and I I heard that too. Is is, is he purposefully designing a game plan so that he can justify going back to Dalton? I don't want to allege that, but that's what it felt like. I I have a feeling of... Like, several thousand people right now are feeling that way. Yeah, and, I mean, you have no other choice but to have that in the back of your mind because the game plan was so poor. It was such, I mean, that was definitely, and I feel you could uh, talk to some some classic Bears fans who have been watching the Bears for 50 years, 70 years, right? And they would all agree that that was one of the worst games I have ever ever watched it was just horrible on and the the one thing that i felt kind of bad about was we actually had our defensive line show up once again the front seven performed and quinn is suddenly 
where did that guy come from? Yeah, I mean, the defense played really well, and I would love to be sitting here and singing the praises of the defense, but the... The, what what Nagy and the coaching staff did to Justin Fields is just so much more important to me that I just can't even really even sit here and break down tape on the defense. It just it just the the, the, the two don't matter in terms of importance it, to the franchise. It, it just completely sucked all of the wind out of the game. You know, I mean, it, uh, I, I was you know reading one of the writers and and he was saying you know just point blank, it's hard to look at anything positive from this. Because it was just such a a total catastrophe in every in every sense in every facet, you know. Um, it, it's it's one thing when you watch the offense and it's football follies. It, it, it's another thing when you see uh, Jay Cutler get pummeled by the Giants. Right? I mean, I felt I felt sorry for that guy after that game, but. This was on a completely different level because at least in that game, it seemed like we were playing. Yeah, I mean, why why would you do that to Justin Fields? It just is so beyond my comprehension how you can watch that game develop the way that it did and just continue to do the same thing. Like, do you remember a few years back when... The, when Cutler got hurt and the Bears had to start Jimmy Clausen up in Seattle and John Fox basically just punted on the game. He just handed the ball off and didn't even try to win. Like, that would have been a better alternative than what the Bears did on Sunday. I mean, all that served to do was get Justin Fields injured, especially in the second half. The second half was brutal. It was. It was, it was um, yeah, brutal, I think, is the only word. To, uh, for it, simply because we had to watch um, our, our our prized our, our our most prized possession just get beat, and it was it, I mean a, it was a moral beating, it was an emotional beating, it was a physical beating, and it's like this is his very first game in the NFL. These are this is by the same guy who kept saying over and over again. Oh, you know, we don't want to ruin this for him. We, you know, we want him to approach this with the best mindset. And the, you know, the the prognosticators were all saying, "Yeah, we don't want another Trubisky." Um, well, you didn't get one. That was much worse. Well, and the other thing that I wanna that I, that I want to dispel is that. I heard a lot of people saying, well, this just goes to show you cannot start fields behind this line. you got to let him rest because the line's going to get killed. That's crap. No. Like, you know who the worst offensive line in football last year was, according to Pro Football Focus? Who? The Chargers. Really? And, and Justin Herbert, in his rookie year, played 15 games, 31 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. And that's with Anthony Lynn. Yep. There are things that you can do to shield a quarterback from a bad offensive line. And he doesn't need to be out there putting up those numbers. If he's out there throwing some interceptions and making rookie mistakes, that's fine. But you just can't let the kid get killed. And, and Fields showed some flashes on Sunday, too. Not very many because he didn't have an opportunity to. Right. But he had a play where he was rolling out to the left and he made a nice throw to Robinson in a tight window. Yep. He had that nice underhand flip to Komet that ended up getting called back because <laughs> some idiot held somebody. So, I mean, you saw some flashes. You saw some really bad plays, That was actually too. kind of a cool play, even though it really didn't result in anything. Yeah, I mean, it got called back, but it would have been a nice, positive gain, and it looked like something that Patrick Mahomes would have pulled out of his ass. But Absolutely. You know, so the kid's 
got some he's like that's just one of those plays that one of the guys that just kind of has that thing does yeah and it's good that you saw some flashes, but man, it was just such a frustrating game to watch because he just got the shit kicked out of him for no yeah, reason. You know, um, that's uh, it, and that's uh, that's part of what made the game just just awful. You know, I mean, the, the offensive line was so overmatched. Um, maybe the worst I've ever seen it. Uh, you know, watching. Um, the hope of the team just get pummeled play after play, running for his life in a ridiculous fashion. Um, you know, uh, Nagy's incredibly poor game plan that really didn't do anything to negate anything that Cleveland's defense was doing. Not to mention that, um, as we were talking about before, Montgomery uh, seemed to start off good. Oh, uh, well, if he's doing good, we I guess we got to stop that, you know. I don't know what Nagy's deal is with about um, looking at running and then just stopping. I what is that? You know, he always says he always says, "Well, you know, you you got to pass." Uh, you know, in a, a lot of those situations, I don't think that's I don't think that's the case. I think he he goes to that too quickly. And you know, if you as I was saying before, if you look at it. Clearly, as an assessment of fields, that's a mistake because I don't believe that if you put Dalton out there or Foles for that matter, that either one of them would have done any better. In fact, they might have got pummeled even worse than him because they're not 22 years old and incredibly athletic and run a 4 4 40, you know? So uh, I, I I don't get anything about what he was doing that day, what he was trying to accomplish. It it doesn't. And to your point about the line being overmatched, they were, but there's things that you can do. There's the old football adage that if you can't block them, you screen them. You know how many screen passes the Bears ran in that game? Very few. One. (laughs) Do you know when they ran that screen pass? In the fourth. In the fourth quarter. (laughs) And it got like nine yards. It was a nice screen pass to Montgomery, actually. But it's just that... Going back to what we were talking about earlier, there's no adjustment. There is no ability to say, hey, our game plan isn't working, so we're going to try to do something different. And it just (laughs) goes to show you because it's the same thing, drive after drive, where you just see that Cleveland is just has such an advantage on that side of the ball. And you just don't have a counterpunch to it. You don't even try. It's just so frustrating. Yeah, my, my buddy Matt was saying the other day, um, for once I was screaming at the TV going, Bubble screen! Bubble screen! <laughs> Which Bears fans never do. <laughs> it's so weird, too, because uh, the screen pass is a staple of Andy Reid's offense. It is. Like, what did Matt Nagy do over there? How did he get this job? Yeah. Has, I, he, has he demonstrated anything in his four years here it, to show? You know... Uh, and also that other component, of course, right, is having a dynamic uh, tight end, right? And uh, we supposedly, we have five tight ends, which I just have a huge problem with. But um, the simple fact of the matter is, is we're, we're supposed to have that um, version of Travis Kelsey. Now, I don't know about you, but I definitely don't think Komet is Travis Kelsey, or he will be Travis Kelsey. 
But, um, it, it, you know, we're supposed to get something more than one or two catches out of the combination of Komet and, and Jimmy Graham. <laughs> Jimmy Graham. I, mean, he, 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 I saw him on the field once, and it was when Fields skipped a pass to him. I, mean, <laughs> right. I, 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 I saw it. That was the one time I saw him out there. And Did you see, by the way, him retweeting after the game that uh, <laughs> some, some account had sent out a tweet basically saying that it was an all-time record for offensive futility, mm. and Jimmy Graham retweets it? Yeah. So we're already seeing issues with the veterans in his locker room. Yes. Not to mention the camera catching Nick Foles on the sidelines saying oh, the offense man. doesn't work. I mean, man, <laughs> this this thing is, and we'll get to this in a bit, but this thing could go completely off. The yeah, rails. and that was Nick Foles saying yeah. that. <laughs> Do you think that Nagy just does not want to start Nick Foles for personal reasons? Because there was the I don't issue know whether Nagy year. actually even wants to be a head coach. I don't know whether he wants to even be with the Bears organization. I'm not saying that in jest either. I'm being 100 percent serious. That was. That was such an utter failure at anybody in any job, anywhere, would have gotten fired right after that performance. I mean, that in, in my personal job, that would have been like me just giving away products for free at work and just saying, hey, the next five guys that call me get $10,000 worth of gear. No, I mean, it was it was a total and complete breakdown of the incomplete system. You know what I would actually like to hear? I would love one of the reporters to ask Matt Nagy. His whole big thing is collaboration, and we go through all of these different channels to make sure we're getting to the best possible outcome. Like, what does his collaboration involve when he's developing a game plan? Does he run his offensive game plan through Sean Desai or Mike Pettin or anybody else on defense in that building? Because any defensive coordinator could have told him that that game plan was not going to work. Like, where are the checks and balances that allow that plan to actually make it out onto the field on and Sunday? And after, after he's done, who is sitting down with him and saying, yes. um, you know, I, I'm having trouble trying to stay in my chair and not leap across this desk right now. I, I'm having trouble... Uh, not just saying, get the hell out of the building. Don't find your own way back to Chicago. You know, I, I don't, I don't get that because I don't think it's, it's supposed to be Pace, but does anybody think that Pace is actually doing that? It reminds me of, do you remember Jay Cutler's first year here when he threw a million interceptions and Ron Turner was the coordinator? Yeah. It got out that one of the things that Cutler hated was that, he would sit down, and when they were breaking down post-game film, and after an interception, Ron Turner would ask Jay Cutler, tell me what you're seeing here. <laughs> Who's talking to Matt Nagy in that way? <laughs> right. I mean, who is saying that, hey, when you're on third down and you're lined up on the left hash mark, you shouldn't be running a pitch to the short side when the Browns have four defenders standing there and you have two blockers? Who, who is asking him what his thought process is? Yeah, um... You know, also, uh, it brings up the, uh, the internal structure of, the, uh, of coaching. Uh, are, are all of his coaches just yes men? Are, are, is that what they do there? Is, are they all afraid to go up to him and say, hey, you know, this, this, this isn't right. You got to do something. Where's Castillo? You know, suppo- what is he saying about his guys? Is he saying, you know, um, I, didn't, I didn't get the right blocking scheme? Or is he going up and saying, we're not putting my guys in position to be successful? And, and there's something to that, maybe, because two years ago, Matt Nagy fired Mark Helfrich. He fired Harry Heastand. I mean, 
if he's the head coach and he's the one that's putting together this game plan, who's telling him no? Probably nobody because they don't want to get fired. And to the point you just made, too, it doesn't even have to be the coaches. Jason Peters is 39 years old. He's going to be a first ballot (laughs) Hall of Famer. Do you think that he is just sitting there and telling Matt Nagy, yeah, I want to be on an island all game against Miles Garrett? That just can't be true. Absolutely. I mean, um, you know, Peters was brought in partially because of his intelligence, uh, his football IQ, right? I mean, everybody knows that if you are a great player uh, and you've been able to really uh, retain a lot of that uh, sports IQ at your position, that's what a, that's what elongates your career. That That's what all the greatest ones have always done, right? And Jordan, of course, is probably the most famous for it, simply because, you know, he... he he bared his soul about it. He was like, "Yeah, you know, I know how to, I know how to play, and I know how to beat you without having the physical skills to do so." I just, I, I can't believe we're here again with the Bears, where we're just looking at the situation and just saying, "I can't see any realistic path out of this." I mean, who, who? Because Ryan Pace can't fire Matt Nagy because. If he does that, then he has fired his second coach. You don't get three coaches in the NFL. And who above Ryan Pace is saying, well, that's unacceptable, so we're going to fire both of them. It's just, I I, I don't know the answer to any of these questions. And all I know is that now it seems to me that there is just no realistic plan to develop Justin Fields. So at a minimum, we're going to waste the rest of this year and then hope to God he doesn't get hurt. I mean, it's just so frustrating. And, you know, um, so audience, you know, we realize that we're, we're focusing um, on the game and the microcosm of that game and on Nagy. Uh, but rest assured that we realize that uh, Ryan Pace is actually a huge part of this. Simply because his ineptitude at bringing in players that are... Um, not that, or at least solid, uh, has been on display for the entire time he's been with the team. You know, I mean, let's let's not forget his first draft pick was Kevin White. You know, so um, this is this is not an excuse for him. This is just how does a coach break down this badly at this point uh, in his career? Uh, and in, at this point in the season, this wasn't even, I guess you could kind of, uh, recognize it if it was a, it was the first game of the season, we have to work things out, but this is the third game of the season. I don't know. It would be hard to justify it, even if it was a preseason game. I mean, and I, I agree with everything you just said, and I'll maybe take it a step further that. We're focusing on the, the micro here, but the, the macro and the micro are inextricably linked, right? Absolutely. Like, do, you, do you think that a head coach in a well-run organization would have gone out on Sunday with that game plan, would have gotten your first-round pick, the most important player in the franchise, absolutely killed for all 60 minutes of the game and then have been able to walk back into the football offices and coach another game in his fourth year on the job? Do you think that would happen in an organization that knew what it was doing? Of course not, but the the, the The Bears... The the deficiencies everywhere. (sighs) Yeah, so 
you know, that's the thing is, is that it, it, we, we've said it, we've said it five times, 10 times, 20 times. There was, it was just, it was, uh, it was truly a moment of embarrassment for Bears football um, and the organization as a whole. I hope Virginia herself watched that game in disgust. Uh, and, and we can't, we, it's hard to even want to support the team this week simply because it's like, is that what we're going to see again? That wasn't, I felt insulted by watching that game. I felt like I want my money back. <laughs> Who do you want to start at quarterback on Sunday? It's because so, uh, Dalton's been practicing apparently, but every reporter out there has said he looks very limited. So he's probably out. So do you, do you want it to be Nick Foles? So I kind of um, do. I mean, uh, I don't. I don't want to see our, our most prized asset um, get beat up anymore. And I believe that going into that game, Detroit is going to have real hunger and motivation going on. They're going to be smelling blood in the water because they're like, this team is a disaster. Did you watch that game last week? And they're they're. Their whole team is in need of a win for their coach, right? And so they're going to be playing with some grit. How does how does our team react? How does the rest of the offense look at the the beating that Fields took and not say, "Hey, we totally let that kid down." You know, he's supposed to be the new leader of the team. And yes, while there are older players on the offense, overall. I think if you looked at the uh, the average age, it's actually still pretty young. And so that means a lot of those pieces are still meant to be playing with Fields this season, next season, and beyond. And how do those guys look at him and go, wow, uh, sorry, dude, that you just got your ass totally kicked last weekend? Yeah, I mean, I honestly think that I'm at the point where I'd rather see Nick Foles go out there. And I am not saying that because I think that the offensive line can't protect Justin Fields. Like, I hate that argument. I think it's just one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. But if the coaching staff isn't going to protect Justin Fields, that is an entirely different discussion. And I think I'm there after watching that. I mean, I don't know how anybody could want... And, and But that, that logic even fails because if... You run Foles out there with that same game plan. Foles is going to get hurt too. <laughs> I mean, it's just there's no way. Foles out of has that. less mobility yeah. than Dalton. Yeah, I mean, Fields might be back in there by the second half. There's just no way out of this rabbit hole with the Bears, and it is just so frustrating because we've been having the same conversation. And lest we forget for my entire life. Lest we forget uh, last season when. They brought in Foles, the Wonder Boy, uh, you know, and he was he was supposed to be the prototype for the entire offensive coaching staff. We've all worked with him. We all know what Foles can be. We, uh, I mean, he's supposed to be exactly what Nagy wants, and he was a total disaster. As I said last week, what happened? Trubisky mostly played, right? And it, actually, Trubisky... Um, has nothing to hang his head about as far as I'm concerned with last year. I thought he did decently. Did you watch Nick Foles in the preseason this year? 
<laughs> it it looked like David Fails or Nathan Enderley or any of these other just Ooh. scrap heap quarterbacks <laughs> that the Bears picked out of some just garbage college system. It was honestly some of the worst quarterbacking I've ever seen. He was missing. I mean, so the fact that I'm here saying I want to see him play on Sunday just is such a tragic development. Nathan Enderley, I think, was the slowest moving NFL player I have ever seen. Oh my god. I mean, what's Jonathan Quinn doing on Sunday? Uh, right, right. We could we could we could bring Henry Burris is around somewhere. If, oh, but he's a coach now. If if you're going down top five worst quarterbacks in the history of the Bears, at least in my lifetime, I mean Foles is on there for those six games last year. Foles is there, Jonathan Quinn, I mean, Enderley, I don't think I ever got it. And, and, and he sucked too. It's even better now because Foles is so indignant, oh, <laughs> which, is, which is hilarious because the Bears paid him just an absolute ransom. And he's now he's like, oh, I don't even want to be here anymore. Not paid, are paying. <laughs> paying, paying, right. For, Stand corrected. For, multi, for multiple years. Oh, man, it's just, I mean, I, I think it will, I think fields will start i don't think they're gonna i think Nagy wants dalton to start but i don't think he's gonna be ready so i think it's gonna be Fields. so i guess i mean what do you think's gonna happen on sunday bears, well, bears lions yeah i i was saying before um uh you know i this is on the road uh the lions are hungry for a win they're, they're home uh, oh it is oh it is a home game okay my bad there yeah. but um uh, so well you know it gives a little bit of advantage to chicago because detroit doesn't tend to play well on grass it, I still believe the old adage that uh, uh, dome teams don't. They don't tend to play well on grass. And uh, so, I don't know. Um, I, I I think that they are definitely a hungrier team. Um, I'm I'm a bit at a loss just because I I just was so disturbed by what I saw last last week. Yeah, I, I I have kind of been going back and forth on this all week because from a football perspective, I, I like the Bears here. The the Lions, if there's such thing as a fraudulent 0-3 team, I think that's kind of them. I mean, I think they're getting some credit for the games they've played that have looked close. But, I mean, the 49ers game, they were down three touchdowns going into that game. Uh, Green Bay, once they turned it on, there, there was no competition. And then last week, obviously, everybody knows what happened against the Ravens. But if you actually watch that game, like... Hollywood Brown dropped a couple easy touchdowns. Lamar missed a couple of wide-open touchdowns. The Ravens dropped an easy pick six. So if the Ravens had been a little sharper, I think the Ravens win that game by three touchdowns. So, Well, I mean, one thing uh, that is going to help is uh, they don't have the defensive line that Cleveland has. Yeah. I mean, that, and that's part of where uh, I, all Bears frustration, Bears fans frustration comes from is simply the fact that as you said the game plan for that was awful where where was the game plan for that it it was non-existent and they certainly don't have that in Detroit so uh, the offensive line will have uh, a little bit uh, be able to provide a little bit more time for the quarterback maybe it is that they put Foles out there and Foles you know as a one of Foles good games. He, he can have a good game. I mean, if it's just Foles, not very often, but if, if it's Foles, I think they're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But you hit you hit on you hit on a good point. I mean, if you look at the Bears' weaknesses, it's offensive line, which you you just addressed. The Lions don't have a scary pass rush, and then the other big weakness on the team is the secondary. And the Lions don't really have an explosive passing game. I mean, Jared Goff's not good, and the Lions don't have big play receivers. Their best players on offense are their tight end Hawkins, Hawkinson and yep. uh, Swift, right? So. I think the Bears have the advantage there. I think the Lions' secondary is probably the worst in the league. And if the Bears can block at all, then the Bears should have opportunities to get some of those fast guys open. And I think you'll see a, I think you'll see a bounce back from the offensive line. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. they, well. they, they have to bounce back just for self-respect. I mean, and I, I say this with great trepidation, but... There's no way they can be worse. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it can always be worse, but um, I, I don't. I don't no, know. In, in all reality, uh, yes. Uh, you know the the defensive line they faced last week. I mean, let's face it. Um, the Browns are a good team, and uh, whether they're a great team or not, I think that remains to be seen. Um, but there is no doubt that their that their defensive line is ferocious and it's going to be uh, uh, uh it's going to be a big job to handle it no matter who they're playing I, I agree. I mean that that team might end up coming out of the AFC. Honestly, I mean the Browns, the Browns are really good, and the, the Lions I don't think are good for the, some of the reasons we just mentioned. I think they're getting a little bit older. And the Bears aren't good. No, so, I mean uh, you know that's another part of it. So so we're gonna watch uh, one loser team play another loser <laughs> team, and one of them's gonna have to win. Well, and and one of the things, the reason that like I just gave you the football reasons, right? But I've kind of been buying into some of the narrative a little bit here. And I normally don't do that because I normally think that the football X's and O's win out over the narrative. Me but, too. But I, I've just kind of been thinking this this game in particular. Dan Campbell, he's got those guys playing hard even though they're not very good. Right. And what do you think the message is in that building all week? It's going to be this is our week. We finally have a winnable game. We have got screwed last week with that, that record-setting kick. We're gonna go up there or down there, I suppose, and and they're and we're gonna beat the Bears and and take the opposite side and look at the Bears. Like I, I think this Bears team has major quit potential at some major. point this year because first of all, it's a veteran roster. I think it's the oldest roster in the league, actually. And you've got veteran players that are disgruntled about playing time in Jimmy Graham or disgruntled about their contracts and Allen Robinson and Akeem Hicks. And the other thing that we haven't <laughs> talked about yet is. Hell is coming to breakfast with this schedule, man. I mean, can I, can I read you the Bears next Hit it. 11 games after this Lions game? It's at Las Vegas, Green Bay, at Tampa Bay, San Francisco, at Pittsburgh. You get the bye. Then you're going, or sorry, Baltimore's coming to Chicago. It's at Detroit on Thanksgiving, Arizona, at Green Bay, Minnesota, at Seattle. Well, Nagy wanted me to, uh, he wanted me to, as a fan, to, to hope that uh, his, that the kid got to sit down for most of, most of the season. Mm-hmm. Do that! <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously, that's 11 games. You've convinced me. Don't put fields on the, on the, on the field anymore. Just, just keep putting Dalton and old and, and Foles out there for the rest of the season, and I'm good. I mean, in those 11 games, how many wins did you hear there? Maybe three. Yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, uh, the only thing I heard the entire time was pummeling. That's, yeah. all, I, that's all I heard. Uh, I just, I, I want to see, 
I don't want to see the kid in the dirt. And uh, he'll get he'll get plenty of that later. I am not kidding at all. Just keep putting uh, Dalton out there, and if Dalton's hurt, put Foles out there. Leave the kid on the sideline because those those defenses are gonna they're gonna squash the squash the Bears offensive line. Uh, also, the teams that don't have that great of defenses, they have pretty good offenses. So the defenses get to come out there fresh all the time. How long? I mean, the time of possession was ridiculous the other day. Well, and and my my point is that with a veteran team, they know this too. Like they're looking ahead and they're saying, <laughs> "Oh man, we don't have, like the next right. the next six games are all losses." I can I can maybe see them winning at Pittsburgh. Yeah, but I don't even think that. I mean, they're going to be underdogs in that's, all. That's the all one six game though that everybody's looking at, and it's like, okay, maybe we could win that one. Maybe. I mean, we're betting on Pittsburgh being this big of a train wreck six weeks from now. I I don't know, man. I mean, that's a good organization, and they've got a good defense, and that's at Heinz Field. So veterans are looking and saying, man. I mean, if if we win this week, and we're at Best still looking at probably like a three and nine record coming out of that stretch <laughs> that I just ran out. I mean, NFL veteran players, and especially on the Bears, where a lot of the veterans, this is their first or second year here, man, they're they're not gonna be invested in this, especially when you've got a coach that's on the ropes and you have already shown that you're not putting them so, in their best position. Let's let's go let's go down that uh just for a minute, you know. Um it, it, how as a player, do you come out of that game last week and then, you know, come to come to the uh, Hallis Hall on Monday and start prepping for the next game? How do you look at the coach? Uh, after, watch, after watching that game, how do you look at the coach and say, you know, as you were alluding to earlier, the coach put us as a whole or even as a player individually in the best place in the best best position to win, or at least play competitive football. How how I, I don't understand how that equation could happen because to me the the whole thing is is completely incongruent. There's it's it's it, there's no way that you could sit there and feel like you know this isn't my fault, right? Any company that had a breakdown like that would be looking at the CEO. Or you know the or the the president of the of the of the company and saying um, I, I don't really want to follow you anymore because you're a wreck. Yeah, and that's that's what I'm thinking is that I've been here a couple of times with Matt Nagy where I'm thinking, man, this thing could go completely off the rails, and he's always managed to right the ship. But I don't know if he's got one more of those in him, especially coming out of that game that. You know, I, any what do you think Allen Robinson's thinking after that? Yeah. Why am I going out here to kill myself if that's the offensive game plan you're going to run and you're not invested in me as a franchise long term? And and then you're looking ahead and you're seeing these games and you're thinking, man, maybe at best, at best, we can come out of this four and six. Why, why am I bothering? I mean, and if the Bears lose on Sunday, you better start looking at trades and trying to see if you can get any value for the guys on this roster. Like, can we get a fourth round pick for Allen Robinson? Can we get a sixth round pick for Khalil Mack? You, you got, you got to start, but nobody's going to do that because Ryan Pace is on his last legs too. Yeah. And you know, um, uh, so, um, 
uh, you know, I was asked the other day about about Mac, right? You know, what's his trade value? And, uh, you know, I, I got to say that uh, fans tend to inflate things in their head uh, when you go read commentary about trades they'd like to make. They, they, they think that these players, because of their names, give them value. Khalil Mack has almost zero value, okay? He was signed as the number four highest paid player in the NFL, regardless of position. And they're still, they're neck deep. They're beyond neck deep in that, in that contract. And nobody wants it, right? There's a huge, not to mention that the Bears will take a giant hit in dead money. Uh, so, I mean, it's like you said, even if you put them out there and you're willing to take the whole hit for it, what do you expect to get? I mean, nobody looks at that guy anymore now and goes, you know, he's one of the best players at his position. You'd get a sixth round pick. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Probably a seventh. In in that case, why even do it then? You might as well keep him. Because at least until the offseason, that's the thing is that there's nobody, there's very few players on the team right now who have real value that we we would actually consider getting rid of. I mean, uh, one of the players that uh, automatically comes to me is Bilal Nichols. Love that kid. You know, a fifth round pick uh, out of Delaware, made good. Um, he plays with a lot of a lot of attitude, you know. Um, he he came in when we lost uh, Goldman, and he's made a name for himself on his own. And he's going to get a good deal from somebody, a, a starting deal, a good uh, and a good paycheck from somebody. Hopefully, it's from us. But if you want to look at a player that we could trade that actually has value, that would be one. Right, but we don't want to get rid of that kind of guy. That's what happened with Amos. That's what made me so frustrated about that. Is that was a kid who was a fourth round pick, made good, and we should have re-signed him to a second deal. Instead, we let him go, and now we've been, as we were saying last week, now we're still trying to find a person to to put in that spot. I, I think with the Bears, this season's over. It is. I mean, you've already shown against two good teams that you are completely outclassed. So best case scenario is that you start building up some draft capital. Maybe you can get some late picks for some guys on this roster at the trade deadline, assuming you're out of it, which you probably will be. And then next year, you don't have a first round pick, but you start rebuilding the roster. You hopefully see Fields actually take that step. And then in 2023, that's kind of takeoff point right because that's when Foles is gone I think Max contract might be off that too I mean that's that's what we're looking at here is just two years down the road at this point and it's just as a fan so exhausting that it seems like we're having this same conversation every three or four well years. you know I, I gotta say that the big difference though um and yeah maybe it was just one game but the big difference uh to me was in in previous losses we used to beat the heartbreak kids right you know, uh, we, we'd, uh, we'd either be competitive or even in the lead all the way up until the fourth quarter. And then we'd, you know, drop the ball and we'd end up losing in the last, uh, say, five minutes of the game. But, you know, it's not even the cardiac kid is, kids anymore. This, whatever this has been so far, um, how, how did we beat the Bengals? I, I don't know how that exa- exactly happened. But uh, both uh, week one against the Rams and this week, were were awful. Uh, I mean, they, they the team played awful. 
there's not really a whole lot to look at and say, uh, yeah, well, we did pretty good here. I guess the one saving grace that we have had is, uh, is, is the front seven has, has played pretty well. But um, you need a whole lot more components than that uh, to, to win a football game. And they, they don't seem capable of winning anything right now. No, I mean, we ran through the schedule, right? I mean, say you win Sunday. If you lose your next six, which they'll be underdogs in all six of those games, you're two and eight. I mean, uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's just, there's really nothing to look forward to this year. And this is before the team is even ravaged by injuries, which is another <laughs> bear staple. I mean, guys are going to start going down at some point. <laughs> That's true, that's, and that's that's why I was saying don't put the kid out there. You know, yeah. at least keep him healthy. Uh, that's that's one thing that we just we can't do that with this kid. Fields cannot be another promising rookie that we bring in that gets hurt and is out for a year. We have just played that record to death, and so if that means he just sits over there. Uh, you know, with a clipboard, then so be it. Uh, but I don't want to see what happened uh, on Sunday happen again to him. I just don't. Um, put put the old guys out there. Let them get their butts kicked. And uh, and and we'll just like you said, we'll eke along until we can get to the off season. And then you know, then you then it comes down to uh, this hierarchy, right? Then it comes down to. What does Virginia McCaskey say to George McCaskey, to Ted Phillips, to Ryan Pace, to Matt Nagy? What happens there? Because really, what should happen, and there were scream, fans were screaming for it just this offseason, is it, it, it looks like it needs to be a cleaning from, from the top down, right? Uh, I don't think you'll see McCaskey get told to step aside, but that could happen. He's the third McCaskey that's been in charge of the team. Um, so, uh, but Phillips, Phillips needs to be fired. Um, you know, it, it I, uh, for a long time, I've felt like it's kind of uh, a cop out to look at Phillips because he's really more of a money guy. But the, when it comes right down to it, that excuse doesn't work anymore. He's been part of the organization for, I think it's 21 years now. I just, I agree with everything you just said. I just, I hate it so much. <laughs> like if, if you think about what you just said, if I could summarize it in a couple sentences, it's that we can't play the first round quarterback because the coaching staff is too incompetent to protect him. <laughs> and we can't fire the coaching staff because there's nobody in the organization that's capable of hiring anybody better. Right. Well, and, you know, well, this, that was, this, I, this was was... Thinking, I was thinking about that this week, right? Is is I, I really wanted Matt Nagy fired on Monday. I, I mean, I wanted that to happen. But uh, obviously they're going to keep him around for who knows long. But if, we, if they did fire him, who would be the coach? Do you think they fire him if they lose this week? I mean, uh, it, maybe. I don't know. You know, it's like you said, this is Pace's second guy, right? This is his hand-picked guy. And I I don't know. If if you fire him this week, you fire Pace too. Because I don't know, because Pace is not going to make that call because he knows it's his ass too. So 
if if Nagy's fired this week, it's coming from up top, and you might as well get yourself rid of Ryan Pace too. So um, uh, I, I'll go with uh, I'll go with the Bears to to eke one out by a couple of points at home. Um, maybe uh, you know I guess if we do have one uh, rosy light to shine right now, it's on Cairo Santos. <laughs> um, you know uh, that uh, that actually has turned out to be a really good thing. Um, you know, I, I've never forgiven Pace for firing Robbie Gold in the first place, but uh, that 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 put aside, uh, Cairo Santos, um, uh, heck yeah, he's he's going to be a Bear for a long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of with you. I think the Bears win too. It'll probably be a bit of an ugly game. I think that they'll play better, which is kind of damning with faint praise, but I, I think it's the Lions. And I think it's Foles. Yeah, I, I think Foles goes out there and starts. And I think we get, a, I do, I think we get a good version of Foles. Um, and a good version of Foles to me is uh, a couple of a couple of touchdowns, uh, maybe one pick, uh, maybe uh, skirting with uh, 300 yards passing. Um, and uh, I think we see some David Montgomery if I, if I, uh, if I was playing fantasy this year, I think I'd have uh, I'd have some Montgomery out there. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not really looking forward to watching the game. I actually, I think it will be Fields. I think Fields will probably play a pretty vanilla game. Um, I think the coaching staff doesn't trust him, even though they're the ones that I put the blame on for Sunday. But regardless, I think the Bears probably eke out a win here, maybe by less than a field goal. And then it's just this death march of a schedule from there. I mean, <laughs> and man, I guess we'll 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 play it. Well, well play thanks it much we for uh, joining us again uh, this week uh, for for Bear Scat. Uh, um, keep tuning in uh, as we uh, learn to fine tune this uh, well oiled machine. Um, and uh, uh, that's it for today. Yeah, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week and. Uh, Go Bears. Bear down.